Welcome to another podcast of Risen Church. We're glad you tuned in today. And I want to kind of do the second part of what I began in our last podcast about love and relationships. And we talked about love last time. And love is that unconditional commitment to someone imperfect. And that's the theological definition of love. But the practical definition of love, how we live that out is if we really do love somebody, we're going to show that by always wanting the best for the other person. Now we have to remember that other person is not perfect, that other person is sometimes going to hurt us, that other person is sometimes going to betray us, but we should always want to sacrifice our life to make their life better rather than being selfish and wanting something from them. So that's what love is all about. Now today I want to talk about another important pillar in relationships. Now I do a lot of this with uh, in premarital counseling with couples that are engaged, getting ready to get married. But this is a pillar in relationships, not just in marriage, but it's how we relate to each other as family. It's how we relate to our friends. It's how we would relate even to coworkers that we are in our jobs together with. It's a very important aspect about successful relationships, not just marriages, but especially in marriage. And that thought is communication. Communication is the key to a successful marriage, to a successful relationship. And as I sit with couples that are engaged, I will often ask them, do you, do you catch that? Do you agree with me on that, that communication is the key to the success of your relationship? And most of the time they'll say, yeah, we believe that. We've already experienced that in our relationship. So I'll ask them, well, what is communication? If you believe that it's the key to the success of your marriage, tell me what you think communication is. And the very first thing that they begin to describe to me about communication is what most of us jump to, and that's talking. They'll say, oh, it's, it's important to express ourselves so our partner or our friends or our family knows exactly what we're thinking. And that's a good start because, you know, when we have these thoughts in our head, I remember there was a comedian that used to say, thoughts are fluid. They just kind of float around in our head, but words are concrete. And once we get our thoughts into words, it can be out there where everybody knows exactly where we're at. So talking is a very important part of communication. So I asked them to expand on uh, how they express themselves in talking, of course, and talking is, uh, of course, with words. And so I said, well, now tell me how you use words and how you can be effective in communication with your words. And they kind of give me the uh, look at like, what do you mean? I, I, I don't follow you. I was like, well, tell me what good skills you have in expressing yourself th- through words and everything. Uh, so they finally realized that what I'm driving at is not just to how big a vocabulary you have, but if you're going to talk to somebody, there are things that have to line up before verbal communication really is successful. Because the tone of which you say things is just as important as the words you speak. And the emphasis that you place on words sometimes can make a dramatic difference in how you are communicating yourself, how you are expressing yourself with words. I I share with them that I can say three words uh, together as a sentence, and I can say them in three different ways, and they mean something entirely different, although they're the same three words. I can say, I love you, and that means one thing. Or I can say, I love you, and that means something else. Or I can say, I love you you. 
All three words said the same thing, but the tone and the emphasis of each one of those words makes it come across differently. So if we're going to talk about verbal communication, we've got to remember that we can't give double-bind messages. We can't say things uh, that are words that aren't backed up by the passions of our heart that are expressed in tone and emphasis of the way that we speak. So verbal communication is basically that probably area that we lean on the most when we're going to try to communicate, and that is to be able to express to somebody. But there's also another category of communication that is very, very important in relationships especially, and that's nonverbal forms of communication. And so once I get them to understand that there are two different categories, I ask them, well, now what is nonverbal forms of communication that you have available to you? And sometimes it's tough to get them past that. And I said, so what about the blank look you had on your face when I just asked you about nonverbal communication? Wouldn't facial expressions be kind of a nonverbal communication? I go, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, what other nonverbal forms of communication do we have? Then there's body languages. Uh, You know, if you sit in a room with your arms in a chair across the table with somebody and your arms are folded, most psychologists will tell you what you're doing is you're guarding your heart right there with your arms, and that body language is saying, I'm protecting myself from you right now. And so the body language is a huge part. And again, if you're going to be speaking to somebody, you got to make sure that all your tone and your emphasis is right, but you got to make sure that your facial expressions and your body language are matching the communication that you want to put out with somebody to get the message across. And then the other thing that goes along with that is just uh, the way we respect or disrespect one another. If you disrespect somebody, it doesn't matter what words you say. But if you respect somebody enough to honor them, uh, then you can really communicate in a way without words. And if this person is important to you, when you go to that emphasis of being able to do those kinds of nonverbal communications, those messages will be caught and received and treasured by the person that you're wanting to communicate with. Uh, And it's simple things like that in respecting each other is to uh, give eye-to-eye contact when somebody's talking to you. And it's as simple as uh, gestures and being polite, opening doors for one another. Those are ways that you communicate, you are important to me, that I'm going to do this for you because I want you to take notice that I need you in my life. So you have the verbal and you have the nonverbal communication skills that when you're trying to express yourself. But I try to say we're missing a very important part of what communication is about. And we've talked about what is the most common aspect of communication, and that's talking. And I said, but there's a uh, thing that if we don't get successful in this area of communication, then there's not really good communication going on between friends or family or husband and wife. Um, And I often try to get them to think about it is that God has given you a picture of the important part of this, the second aspect of communication. Every time you look at a mirror, you're looking in a mirror and you see your face. And what do you see? You see two ears and one mouth. As I, so God is telling you that if you're going to be effective in communication, he wants you to listen twice as much as you speak. And we always think about it, everybody's talking, and if everybody's talking, then nobody's listening. 
And if nobody's listening, no matter how much people are talking, no matter how well they are expressing themselves verbally and non-verbally, if nobody's listening, then it's not communication. We have to really begin to think about the importance of communication is not just expressing ourselves, but being willing to sit down and to listen and to receive the message from somebody else who is really important to us. And listening is an acquired or learned skill or behavior, just like talking is. We have to learn to listen. And it's amazing that as parents, we don't go through the motions to teach our children how to listen as much as we go through the motions to try to teach them how to talk. I mean, as the first time parents, when you have that first child, you know, you're wanting to record everything that's taken place in that child's life and you put it in their little baby book to know that. And both the mother and father are usually working with that child, trying to get them to say the first word to be either mama or dada. And so they can write that in, that that was the first word they spoke. And we spend all this time teaching these new babies that God gives us as treasures of our lives. We spend the first two years of our life teaching them to walk and talk. And then after the first two years, we tell them to sit down and shut up for the rest of their life. We don't really work with our children as much about how to be a good listener as we do to be a good talker. We leave that to the school teachers, to other authorities, to other people to really teach our children how to listen to us. And so we go through life really thinking we are the, the center of all life. All life revolves around us. And when that carpet gets pulled out from under us, we begin to realize other people think they're more important than I am, then we can become you know, very dysfunctional in our relationships with other people. So if we spent as much time teaching our children how to listen as much as we do how to talk, then we might be equipping them better to enter into healthy, strong relationships as we release them into the world, whether it's when they go to school for the first day or when they graduate uh, high school and go to college and we send them off to college and then as they begin their work careers or as they enter into a love relationship with their uh, other important person, we know that they have this acquired skill of being able to listen to somebody else to understand the message that they're trying to get across to us. I often tell engaged couples, uh, especially the guy, I said, you know, if you want to be able to listen to your wife, you and your wife and Chris Berman of ESPN cannot have a good conversation together. You have to turn the TV off and you have to say, okay, you talk and I'm listening. You give them eye to eye contact and you listen to exactly what they're saying. And once your partner has said their, their thoughts to you, then you turn around and tell them and say, begin with this sentence. Let me see if I heard you correctly. I think this is what you're telling me. And then you try to repeat back to your wife exactly what she said to you, but in your own words. Don't be just a you know, recorded message back that you can get off of audio tape. Take what she has said, ingest it into your life, and then say, this is what I think you're telling me. It's like my wife, Freddie, when, you know, I did not always have the best listening skills to my for my wife. And I always tell somebody, if I turned the TV off and I looked at my wife in the face and said, okay, tell me what you're wanting to say, I'm listening. 
after I revived her from her passing out on the floor, then she would get up and sit up in the chair and she would begin to tell me what she's talking about. And I would listen to her. And at the end of the message, I would say, okay, now, Freddie, if I'm understanding you correctly, what you're wanting me to do is take the trash out every Thursday so the trash man can pick it up. And she's like, are you kidding me? I just bared my soul to you for the last five minutes and that's what you think I'm trying to say to you? Well, what's happening is even though I didn't get the message correctly, I realized that there has been a failure of communication. And so we can try again. Okay, give it to me one more time. And so we really are beginning the basis of communication by not only expressing ourselves, but receiving the message and understanding the message. Only when we receive and understand the message has communication taken place. And so if we learn to listen, twice as much as we talk, then we have put ourselves, I think, exactly where God wants us to be, to be able to have strong relationships, whether it's with our wife, our family, or our friends, or our coworkers. And most of the times, I think that a lot of people are having a lot of psychological issues and a lot of dysfunctional issues in society because nobody's listening to one another. We're all talking and nobody's listening. And I even want to take this to a spiritual level today as we think about communication. The Bible is God's Word to us. And I mean, he went through great pains of about 1,500 years with somewhere over 40 different human authors through the power of the Holy Spirit to write out for us what we have that we call our Holy Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, God went to great pains to make sure that we would have the written revelation of himself to us. So we would know not only who God is, but we would know who we are. We would know what sin is. We would know what forgiveness is. We would know what redemption and reconciliation is all about so that we can be brought back into a relationship with God. But not only is the Bible God's Word, the fourth gospel, the Gospel of John, begins with the first verse saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then you drop down to verse 14 of that first chapter, and John says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God came down to our level because there was no way in this universe that we could ever ascend to the heavens to be able to come into his presence. He condescended and came down to our level, and he wanted to communicate. He wanted to connect with us. As a matter of fact, what is the root word of communication? It would be to commune to have in common. And literally, God emptied himself of being God and came in the form of a human being. He came down so he could commune with us, so he could dwell among us, but not just to dwell among us, but to connect with us so that we could know his mind, so we could know his thoughts, so we could know his purpose and his plans for our life. And he did that with the Word, Jesus Christ. Jesus is God's Word to reveal to us the very thoughts of the mind of God. As a matter of fact, my seminary professor, when I was taking the Gospel of John as an elective course, Dr. Mac Roark, made the statement so uh, dramatic, it was so impactful 
impacting on my life. I wrote it down and I've remembered it from this day forward. And that was back in 1988 that he told me this saying about John 1.1 and John 1.14 about the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And we beheld his glory. Jesus Christ is the articulation of the thought of the mind of God. God has gone to great pains to reveal himself to us, and he did that only through Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, in John chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. So God sent his Son to this earth so that we could be reunited with him and go back to live with him for eternity in heaven. God spoke the Word, Jesus Christ. Now the question is that I have for you today, are you listening? Are you listening to what God has said? You know, back in the 70s when the CB radios were the big thing in the United States, people would get on the radio and on the CB radio and say, do you have your ears on? Are you listening? Are you tuned in? Do you have your spiritual ears on? Are you ready to listen to God's thoughts? Are you ready to hear what God has to say to you? It's all through Jesus Christ. And as you surrender your life to him and submit yourself to him and you begin to receive the truth of God's word into your life, then not only is your life blessed on this earth, but all eternity lies in front of you to be able to enjoy everything God designed us to be able to enjoy with him in paradise. I hope and pray that as you listen to this podcast today, you will be ready to receive God's word. You'll receive it not just in your head, but into your heart, and you'd be willing to allow God to change your heart and your life for all eternity. If you've enjoyed this podcast on communication, I would ask you if you would please take time to rate and review this podcast. Uh, and if you had any questions or comments, be sure and send those to me at mike at risen, R-I-Z-E-N dot church. I would love to hear from you and I would respond to you if you have a question. Thank you for tuning in today and may God bless you and have a great day.